Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Rob Rivera. And this is Rob Rucha. And you're listening to the Robcast Podcast. Podcast. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to uh, the Robcast Podcast. Uh, this is episode number five now. Yeah. Exciting. Are, how do you say five in Spanish? Cinco. Cinco. And we got a great show. We have a really, really cool dude. And you t- tell him. Tell him who it is, right? Um, our guest today is uh, a Chicago uh, local uh, native, Rashid Thomas, who happens to also be uh, the guitar player in Nonpoint um, for the last close to decade. Um and uh, originally, I met him a long time ago and at a party for Disturbs listening of the Sickness album. Uh, became a client of mine uh, at different studios that I've worked at uh, and also a close friend over the last 20-some years now that he and I have known each other. And uh, would not have re-met Rob Rivera after all the years of not playing in the music scene if it weren't for Rashid being in Nonpoint and also being a close friend and an advocate of Uptown Recording, um, you know, in order to get Nonpoint to take a look at us as a viable option for future records, which led them into friendship, which led us into where we sit right now. And uh, we're really excited to have him on the show. Um, you know, as, as our last episode, Sean Glass, uh, was, was great to have him in same kind of deal. We go way back. Um, you know, both of us go as far back as, you know, the soil days and beyond and being a local Chicagoan as well. So Rashid is a, is a good addition to the, uh, the, the lineup here at, uh, at, at the Robcast podcast, as far as guests that will be, uh, you know, taking in and interviewing and kind of getting a little bit more low down on them. So yeah, and uh, and speaking of which, you guys should check out our good friend Scott over at Good Company with Bowling. Uh, good Company is a high quality YouTube show where Scott interviews artists and runs through each of their albums. Uh, he has Nathan Mowry and his crew from Kind Punk filming and editing. Uh, Nathan did the last uh, few Fozzie videos, and you guys had toured with Fozzie, mm-hmm. so you know them. Uh, Scott has interviewed artists such as uh, Head from Corn, Elias from Nonpoint, Jose Mangan, Alicia Dove, Crobot. Sonny from P.O.D., Rich Ward from Fozzie, and a ton of other rock artists. You can check out Good Company under all social media, under Good Company with Bowling, or check out his website, scottgoodcompany.com. And uh, so, yeah, let's, let's get into the episode with Rashid now. So uh, let's, let's bring Rashid in. We got to drag him in. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the dragging sound effect is going to happen. And Rashid's going to give us some... You know, right? Wait, you're going to do it with the mouth? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Good Foley. Yeah. Thank you, Rashid. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show, Rashid Thomas. Hey, what's up, y'all? How you doing, buddy? Thank I'm, you. I'm Thank good. you for coming on, man. Thank you. All right, so Rashid, <laughs> yes. this is... Uh, this yes. is kind of been a second home to you. Yes, it has, man. I love Uptown. it here. Uptown Recording, UTR. Yeah. Um, we've had several bands uh, that you've been in throughout the years uh, mm-hmm. recording here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the way back from, God, 2002. Yeah, yeah. I think is when the first time you came through here. Was it 2002? Yeah, well, when uh, 2001 is when we first met. Yeah, Or no, right. it was really 98 when we first met because like was the it? Disturbed listening party. Was in, that 98? Or, nine, or 2000. When did Disturbed album I come think out? I think it was after 99 because I met Picasso and Dave and them in like around 99. Yeah. So it was either 99 or 2000. Yeah, yeah, because it was at Johnny K's. 
Yes. So this is a Crash Poet we're talking about? Crash yes, Poet. we're talking about yeah. Crash Poet. Sorry. My Rashid's first, Rashid's my first, first band, band that uh, that I, I had met him. I don't know if that was your first band. It, is, it was. Okay. Straight, right. out the, straight out the bedroom. Straight out. That was your first band ever? First band ever. Wow. He was young. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys did some, some stuff from the scene from what I know. I mean, I never saw you guys, but I heard a lot of good stories and... You guys had a quite the following here too. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was it was really good, and and like at that time, you know, it was the time of you know corn, Deftones, uh, that that style of music was really popular, and the, the venues and stuff, and then the local bands that were playing that music at the time. If you were playing that, the kids were coming to see that because that's what was popular, yeah. you know. So it that helped, you know, and I had good musicians, you know. We put on a decent show, I think. We recorded the first things with you guys before I was signed. Yes, like before From Zero got signed, but we were still doing the Metro stuff and all that. Because mm -hmm. once you had your record recorded and stuff, then we got you onto a yes, show. Yes, and, and it was playing on that stage, man. It's like it's still, you know, at you know one of the top venues. I, I'd ever played still to this day. It's just a great room, amazing sounding room. It's legendary. It's legendary, yes. Yeah. And the weird thing is, Nonpoint has never played there. You guys need to play there. Yes, we need to do it's that. Such and, a, it's such a great Anybody that I tell, especially the bands from our era, every band from that era played the Metro except us. We never played the Metro for whatever reason. Tour never went. It was either the House of Blues, yeah. which yeah. was great. Which is another I mean, great venue. Yeah, I have no issues playing the House of Blues. The Riv. You the played Riv, the Riv. We played the, uh, uh, what's it, the Vic? Yeah. I would think that yeah. the reason you guys didn't play is that you were too big for the Metro. Yeah, but Seven Dust had played there. Like every single band, we were all the same size. Yeah, I guess, yeah. All the, all the, we were yeah, all the I same so. size at that time. You well, know, Seven Dust was a lot bigger. It's funny because when I, they played there, I saw, you know, I saw, you know, Switch, you know, BC's yeah. old band. I saw them at the Metro. They played. I did too. I've seen like a lot of the bands from that era, you know. Yeah, I'm sure pretty much there. all that. Yeah, I don't the know. new metal era, probably every single yeah. band played there at some point. But we are never, man. I would love to. I still would love to do it. It'd be, I want to put that yeah, on the checklist, on the bucket room. list, you know, get that out of the way. Still a great room, man. So maybe, uh, maybe next time we can hopefully get over there. It'd be kind of cool. Well, that was the venue to play back then, too. If you could play that place and bring people to that place like we said in earlier episodes that's how you got record deals you know so yeah. opening the doors yep. like they allowed bands that could bring the uh, the crowds to then book their own bills and start to put together nights and so they would ask the headliner who do you guys want to open who do you guys you know do you have a friend's band or whatever that you know is going to bring x amount of people and yep. crash Bo, it would bring 400 people yeah, you know, awesome. like to to because it was the metro, people yeah. were more inclined to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna be at that show" because yeah. they knew it was a metro yeah. show. And, and that was early on, like when I would be with you guys, but like then we started headlining and straight up selling it out every yep. time. Yeah, I watched it grow, and you guys like played that last show, and labels were looking at you guys. Like mm -hmm. the last time you guys played metro before things kind of went sour in the bands direction yeah. and everybody mm -hmm. went their own ways you went further with some guys from the band into burning autumn yep which was the second rashid band that was recorded here at uptown recording <laughs> because at that point we were off tour i was done i was out of from zero i was here yes and you were like hey rob's got this new place and of course the guys in burning autumn were going to come here because they were all you know in that scene as well and they knew mm -hmm. who i was you knew who i was mm -hmm. and then after that you started interning here started yes. coming in here helping and I, out and i thank you for that also and then in cinema, 
in cinema, yeah. Which is where then I met Lizio and and Adam mm -hmm. and those guys. Well, no, no, you met Adam before. Though. Well, I met Adam in yeah, Lucid Echo was. Yeah, they were over here too. Yeah, Adam's okay. band called Lucid Echo was his. Is I think might have been his first band. Um, you know, he was he was a kid at that point Lucid too. Lucid Echo. Yeah. Awesome. They they were metal. That was a cool name. Yeah, yeah, kind of like along the same lines as what Crash Poet was doing and Burning Autumn and um, you know they had. Um, was Nick Tate? Nick Tate was in yeah, that band. Yeah, he was band. a drummer, and that drummer was the drummer, the original uh, drummer, and then he was cinema. ended up in In Cinema. So it's very like like family tree, you know. Rashid yeah, yeah. and I go back so far now that like it's so funny to I'm think always, about. Yeah, that. I'm, I always want to bring anybody into this place because I, I you've had good experience. Yeah. yeah, Rashid, you were in this band, Burning Autumn. Yes, that was tell that up, was one of the bands. Tell, tell us about that band. Uh, that band kind of came from uh, Crashport, also, you know. So Crashport. Uh, I think we basically uh, had a different singer. Okay. So, so it was all the Crashport except... Except for the singer Picasso that was okay. in our band at the time. And we got this guy named Ralph Holt. And he was a very good singer, you know. And uh, this dude, he was out of Indiana, uh, like like around the Valparaiso area and like Merrillville area. And I eventually just was like, you know, I met him playing shows with Crashport, actually, in his old band. And eventually, we were looking for singers for this new project after Crash Poet. And he came out and tried out. And it was a pretty cool situation. He, he sounded great. Yeah. And he had a good look. And we had to, you know, so we, we tried him out. And we liked it. And then I just basically told him to come move in with me. You know, yeah. I had an extra room. Come stay with me. And we'll start to do this. And we did it for a couple of years. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Cool. So do you guys do a lot of shows in Chicago? Or? Yeah, I mean, we we basically kind of piggybacked off of the Crashport fame, you know. So we essentially, we got right into the Metro again, you know, yeah. and did a great, you know, starting, you know, shows over there and Double Door. And so we didn't have to kind of start from the beginning. Yeah, you, know, you had again. built a relation, prior relationship, yeah, which the, is important. Yeah, with the promoters and the uh, the venues and stuff. and. So we, we could still bring people because we still had fans from Crash Poet that was still mm -hmm. wanting to see the rest of the guys do something. And, you know, the old singer from Crash Poet started a band with Rob. Well, he started a band, Shades of Fiction, with some other guys. And Rob eventually joined that band. And uh, that was a great band. That Shades of Fiction was after Rob from Rucha, Zero? Rob Because yeah. we don't want to get confused yeah, with right. the Rob casts here. Yeah, yeah too uh, many so Robs wait, that was... Shades of Fiction after From Zero? Yeah, after okay. From Zero. Yeah. Um, I was working at Uptown Recording and had recorded Rashid's bands. And Rashid, of course, was a mouthpiece for the studio and mm -hmm. knew everybody in all the different bands. Um, and the drummer from his past band in cinema's brother was in this band, Shades of Fiction, with his old singer from Crash Poet, Picasso. And they had a four-piece, mm -hmm. came into Uptown to record Decided they wanted to go five piece, but that meant the bass player that was currently in the band, uh, Mike, switch guitar. switching to guitar and leaving an opening. So I saw that opportunity and took that as an opportunity knocking for me to join another band that I was not only working with, but also a fan of, you know, which is something you always want to do. You mm -hmm. want to be a fan of the band you're in, you know, as far as playing music. And, you know, if you're going to play someone else's music, you may as well like what you're playing. Yep. And then when we got together, we started to write our own music together and it spawned us coming in and recording again. And, you know, Rashid at that point was, what band were you in at that point? There was a time where I wasn't in a band. And how, how long were you out of being in a band at that time? Uh, I would say it was like three, two, three years, I think. 
and I just kind of went kind of hard here and just wanted to learn recording and yeah. learn everything I could to make the music that I make better and help other people make good music too at yeah. the same time. And uh, I also started doing a lot of hip hop production, meeting people at my work downtown because I was working, at, I was like a, a messenger working downtown, just kind of walking around delivering packages. And uh, met a lot of people doing that and met a lot of rappers and started producing some of them and doing beats for other people and just getting into other genres of music and the other styles of music that I'm into, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So basically you started in the hip hop world. I would say I, would say I started in the hip hop world. Hip hop was what I grew up listening to when I was young, me and my brother, you know, my sister, whatever. We all listened to that stuff and like... It was, uh, it still is, you know, one of my favorite styles of music. It's not the only style of music I listen to. I love jazz. I love uh, soul. I love, like, funk, you know. Yeah. I like a lot of different genres of music. And, uh, but it was originally, like, the first instrument I learned how to play was, I believe, the drums, actually. Yeah. The drums were the first thing I played, and I learned how to play drums at church. And then uh, in high school, I learned how to play trumpet a little bit. You know, I was in, you know, marching band, but not, I didn't really do it that long. I did it for like a year and learned how to play trumpet a little bit. So it kind of helped me look through and learn about other genres of music, which then, you know, I was interested in everything. And then eventually I picked up the guitar going to this camp and kind of taught myself the guitar. And that as you know, took me to here. Wow. Yeah, wow. I didn't even know you played trumpet, but then I remember I you bought a trumpet on tour. Yeah, that was yeah. a trombone, actually. Yeah, a trombone. He shows up with this trombone. I'm like, what slider the hell valve. You know with a trombone? Why would you buy a slider? Right, so you just trombone. went to some pawn shop. It was, no, it. no, we were at that one, we were somewhere where we were right next to a flea market. A yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. Big That's flea what it was. That's and what I was, was just walking through. I love walking through flea markets and finding, you know, treasures, you know. Pappy this loves is, this treasures. Is, this is the moment where the podcast <laughs> the podcast gives a slight reveal of Rashid's hoarder complex. Yes, yeah. I hoard gear. He hoards gear like nobody's <laughs> business. Hey, man, I got some broken speakers. I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> hey, hey, that TV don't work? I'll hey, take Rashid, it. Hey, Rashid, I'm getting rid of a desk. I'll take it. I'm like, where are you going to put it? I'll find a place. Do you remember the desk that was in the back? Yeah, the, the, you have the, that. It is still my main desk where all my my studio monitors, my computer, my Rashid's machina, Rashid's my, past computers were always mine. All my past com Mac computers, you know, um, Apple computers were all Rob Roaches. What else? Uh, and any gear that I don't need anymore. Oh, He's yeah. like, I scoop want, it up. You want that preamp? Rashid will buy gear because it's there. No, I will not. A trombone <laughs> at a no, flea I market. A flea I bought the trombone man. so I can get trombone samples for my hip hop production and stuff. Hey, you know you have a friend that works at a recording studio that plays trombone. Oh, that's true. And he that has one. That's true. And he can lay some samples down for you if you need that's me to. That's true. But I like doing it myself. I'm not do it yourself. But you could guy. record me doing it. That's true. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Have you me come over that. to your place with my trombone. That's true. I need to get you to do that actually. Because uh, be it's, it's hard to get good uh, horn samples. We out we, of ne we need to get you to plugins. do some scratching for us. Uh, oh yeah, for the yes. podcast here. <laughs> we need we need yeah some yeah, transitional scratches. Also scratch. I actually do more scratch. You know, DJing than actual like DJing, DJing because of the chosen few, and basically I started doing that because of my friend Philip, who is uh, one half of the chosen few. 
Philip. Uh, he he goes by Demented, and uh, we had a hip hop group, and we still kind of do. He lives in Michigan, so we don't do it as much because we're not right next to each other. But we, you know, we have a lot of a lot of fun making just making music, making hip hop, and uh, it's fun. It's fun. We've been doing it for a long time. Or check out the videos on YouTube. Videos I did with a green screen and a really cheap camera, and it just kind of fun, you know. Just look up the word the, the word chose, the word in, the word few. So, and not the other spelling because you won't find us. Because <laughs> not C H O S E N. No, it's okay. uh, like the word the, the word chose, then the word I N, then the word few. All right. Yes. Yeah. And it still won't find but, it because when we posted those videos, we didn't know how to upload to YouTube. So it's still hard to find those videos. But when you find them, they are So gems. wait, isn't there a section there where somebody's riding a fake bike? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're, we're all on a, on a and, motorcycle. And Rashid's playing a violin with a knife. <laughs> no, I'm playing a M audio trigger finger with a knife. Oh, okay. Okay. That is hilarious. Simulating a violence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you've been involved in so much stuff. So let me ask you, I mean, you've been in the band, what, nine years? Nine yeah, years? yeah, it's, it's about that. Nine now. years. And, you know, it's like, what's been your experience like from doing the Crash Poet, mm -hmm. Burning Autumn, mm -hmm. in, cinema, in cinema, to then going national with Nonpoint? But what's, what's the, I mean... Yeah, that's definitely a difference, you know. I yeah. mean, you know, playing shows is playing shows and being on stage, and it feels good when you're on there playing with people that you are confident are, are good musicians, in which I have in the past and now too. But, you know, the big difference is, you know, definitely going from traveling in something like a van to a bus, that was a big change, you know, having a, a crew. Yeah. I'd never had a crew before. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say that. You know, some of the big shows we did, I would bring a, a, a guitar tech. And yeah. he would help me out, you know, but essentially I was still, you know, setting my own stuff up. But uh, that was a big change that I liked, you know, having someone yeah. set my gear up. And I remember when that happened. I was just like, wow, you're just going to give me my guitar and I'm just going to go out there and play and then I'm going to give it back to you. And you're just going to like put it away, put it away? <laughs> for real. For us, I remember when we were local, we were setting stuff up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I was I actually had a drum tech. This girl named Jen Shapiro. She would actually just break down my kit. Oh, I would yeah. set up, but she would break it down so I could talk to fans and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Jen but, uh, was she was your drum tech, huh? Huh? She was your drum tech. Yeah, she unfortunately passed yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, and she became like a huge voice for Nonpoint. Like she was the first one with a tattoo on her back. Uh, the first Nonpoint tattoo was her. Wow. And uh, so yeah, we had uh, that was a big change, I'm sure for you. Do you guys have crew from Zero? Yeah. So I we mean, went from we went from van uh, getting sick all the time in a trailer to having a bus with a crew. Guys like Rashid just said taking your guitar off of you when you walk off stage, like and then wiping it down and putting it away yeah. and keeping good care of it, and then changing your strings for you and asking you how you like your action set, and it was. Yeah. Just being on a bus, you so know, different, the, man. The, so the different. switch is 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 pretty yeah. unique. I mean, essentially, I mean, we are paying for these people, so we do know that. But like, it's still like it's, it's still, a crazy yeah. feeling. Like wow, you always you have just... to remind yourself of that in this industry is that you're paying these people to yes. do this stuff. I mean, yeah. granted, it's still a luxury to have it, but it's a luxury because you've made it to a point where you can afford it. Yes, but when we go to places like Europe, we can't bring anyone. Yeah, yeah we do it. Ourselves. We do it ourselves, yeah. and then that. 
sometimes it's a big change too because you haven't done it for so long. Like I, sometimes I have to text my drum tech, hey, where does How this do go? I do this? How, yeah. Where does this go? I've literally done that. FaceTime yeah. my drum tech. How do you do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we went over there to Europe with Fozzie and Sumo Psycho, we were setting up everything. But I had a deal with the other drummer uh, from Sumo, the guy at the time. I would set up and he would break. Like we both used the same kit. So he'd set it up. I would set it up because I got there first, but he would break it down at the end of the night. So, oh, that's convenient. Uh, it was cool to do it that way because it, I set, we basically almost set up exactly the same. So nothing really changed except that yeah. we changed snares, that's it, and, and pedals. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, that, was, that was cool to have. And then the, the, one of the things that I remember is, uh, what was it, Fozzie's tour manager, James? Mm-hmm. Like he James said, Dunkley. He, Dunkley. He was like in the, in the we're in the downstairs uh, lounge. The bus. Yeah, and then I said, he said, you know what blows me away about you guys? I said, you guys are a band that are used to so much, to have so much, because we have crew, had the bus, have, you know. Yeah. He says, to come, and to come over and do it just like that, like it's nothing. I said, dude, the show's got to go on. Yeah, man. You I know, mean, if we can't afford it, we can't afford it. I'm not going to cancel a show because I don't want to set up my kit. Yeah, man. You know, that's just the way it is. You have to, and still today, if we're wherever we go, I'll I'll still do it. Yep. You know, I don't. Have, oh, I'm not gonna go without. No, I'll set up. The Rob damn will go right out there and set his drum. I'll set up, up uh, against so Eli- against Elias's wishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll go out there. <laughs> don't go out there. <laughs> don't set up your own drums. But I'll do it. I would do it now. My ego is not that big to do it myself. You know, like, yeah. like I said, Same the here. show has to go on. We were great. We were given an amazing opportunity to go tour with Fozzie. We're extremely thankful to him mm-hmm. for Chris for taking us over there. And uh, and we already knew that we were not going to have a tech. We had so we shared the sound guy and we shared uh, merch. That's how we met uh, Talina. Oh, she and was on merch with them? She was Fozzie's merch girl, who was also our merch girl. That was a deal we had. We used our sound guy. James tour tour managed us, but we didn't really have anything. Just gave us buyouts. It is a great feeling when you don't have to set up your mm-hmm. stuff. You can get off the stage, go directly to the table, and that stuff's being taken care, care for you. I, I think, honestly, bands really, at least newer bands, if you can't invest in a whole crew, you should invest at least in a sound guy. Like yeah. I think nobody's gonna do your sound better than your dude. That is true. Oh, I, I remember the phone call <laughs> I got one day when I was coming out to uh, Wisconsin. We need you to do sound. <laughs> yeah. Can you do sound because for us, there was no sound guy. So um, if you can't afford that, you need to go talk to the sound guy yeah. at the venue and tell and him pretty much this is guy. what I'm looking yeah. for. Throw him, really... throw him a little bit of money, a little, little something, yeah, something. Say, hey man. The reason your sound, sound guy good. does a good job is because you're paying him and only him to do it. So yeah. if you're at a venue and you're a local band, it doesn't hurt to maybe buy the sound man a drink. Give him a tip, give him some dinner, and watch your sound be better than the other bands that don't do that. It's just a little bit goes a long way. And then when you realize that in a a professional national level, it changes to you have to get a good deal, but you're also getting what you pay for. So when you pay a little bit more for that sound guy, he's going to give you that little bit more. If you pay Mm -hmm. a little bit more for the guitar tech because he came off a tour where he was making more to get him to go with you guys, you're going to get that service. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think you guys can relate to because we noticed that when we were doing it back in our day, it was find the Canadian guy because the Canada to American ratio allowed you guys to get crew cheaper from Canada. Like a lot of bus drivers on the road that we met were from Canada because the rate was different. Canadian dollar to American dollar it was like 70 cents to the dollar. So you could pay a guy 700, but it was like 500. 
you know, and they, they were making 700 and they were happy because that's what that going rate in Canada is, but that doesn't matter to us. So when you look at like what you're paying your crew, that's the kind of service you're going to get. And so when you guys are out, I know you guys have had a driver for a while, Chuck, who's Chuck. been like the man. I mean, he's one of the greatest drivers. Everybody loves him, but he loves you guys. Yeah. So when you form those bonds with people and you're paying those people to do it, it's not just paying them because you want them to drive you. It's paying them because of what they do for you. Yeah. Yeah. He's always looking out for us and uh, he looks out for every single. He knows the interest of everybody in the band. Like if he sees a vinyl shop, say, Rob, I saw a record store down the street. Mm -hmm. If he sees something like, Some you know, food? The, yeah, food because it, uh, Elias and him are in the vegan the vegan thing you know he said oh, i saw a vegan place down there or he'll tell me hey i saw like a sushi place down there. he knows what everybody likes and him and adam have this really special bond where they do you know they go hiking and go yeah. explore stuff and that's I like adam is his hiking buddy so we've all like chuck is like family to us he's not like just a bus driver it's he's one like, of the the things i've noticed when i've been on on the road with you guys is bc and, and chuck have a, a front of the bus uh, ritual yeah. where BC will go sit in the jump seat with Chuck in a morning drive yeah. and have his coffee and just shoot the shit with Chuck. You know, mm. it's like each one of you guys have a bond and relationship yeah. with Chuck beyond the fact that he's your driver. Yeah. I mean yeah. like too, like Chuck was on tour with, I think Warped Tour mm -hmm. or somebody who he had a day off in Cleveland. So him and BC went to go eat. So yeah. that's why you know that the relationship it's beyond, is a lot It's beyond more. professional. It's, it's beyond friends. professional. Yeah. Like Chuck is a friend, man. We love that dude so much. And, mm -hmm. and you guys mm -hmm. have had uh, consistent and, and really good guitar techs like Justin and, yeah, and Sean. Um, you know, just guys that care about not only the scene, but you guys as well. You know, and, and your sound guys have always been really courteous to me as a recording engineer when I come into the scene. The first time I met Dustin at uh, Majestic Theater when you guys were playing mm -hmm. there for that... Uh, Madison JJO show I recorded the Madtown Throwdown Mad I think Town it was Throwdown, called yeah. and and Dustin was so accommodating right off the bat what do you need what what can I do mm -hmm. for you and I was like worried you know about me intruding on this you know as a recording engineer saying I need to tap your signals into my rig and he's just like sure bro this 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 mm -hmm. this Dustin's always good it's with always that. been amazing to work with your guys's crew and and you guys as a whole you know as a band which is what led me to continuously want to work with you guys you know as and then then that got introduced to these guys you know they, they entered this world where they didn't have that. Yeah, you know, no, they didn't have a consistent no. sound guy. You just use whatever was at the venue. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so, I mean, depending on if we would do, say, like a Metro show or House of Blues show, then we would bring somebody yeah. locally if we were doing that local yeah. thing, you know. I would always like, I mean, Rob did I sound do for Crash yeah. Poet like once at the Metro. Metro. I did was, a Double Door show for you guys, too. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's cool, you know, that you were able, and you know what's been the most impressive part about you and Adam and even Dave? Mm -hmm. that you guys embrace the lifestyle and you've been in the band nine years. You haven't changed as a person at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like giving you into this life that, you know what I'm saying? That like, can change that you. That can change you. And you and Adam have been the same exact people. That's impressive. Like, it's, especially a band that was, you guys were local, all of a sudden you just national recording act, gone to Australia, gone to Europe, you know, we've gone to Puerto Rico, we've toured the States mm -hmm. tons of times, and they've never developed an ego. I hope I haven't. <laughs> no, man, you have not at all. That's yeah. one of the reasons we wanted you as a guest on the show. It was the first conversation that I, I remember you and I having at, at Johnny K's Disturbed Listening Party yeah. was you snapping about the From, the from Zero, Zero CD, and different kind of snapping, mind you. We have yes. to define this again yes. for, for people out there like, like, snapping. like holy crap, this is awesome. Like he was, it was really good music. It was, it was really good music, yeah. yeah, like yeah. He, was, 
he was flipping out when he flipping found out, out that snapping. that there were guys from that band at that at that listening party promoting their you know their record and their and their show. Yeah. And so one of those things that you know Rashid became a friend at first and then a client and then a national recording artist, but still remained a friend and a client and like never you know stopped yeah. being that genuine right person. Like I'll go out to his house or he'll come over. You know, when when rough patches and lives happen, we're there for each other. We've been through yep. lots of different ups, downs, lefts and rights together. And, you know, while Rob Rivera and I have known each other in the past and now more so in the last few years, it's, you know, awesome to see when, you know, you make a post like you did the other day about how our friendship is one of those things that you take, you know, more valued than the tech skill that I have or what I do for you guys, oh, absolutely. you know, and, and it's one of those things where I'm not doing things for you guys because I want to be your friend. I'm doing them because you guys are these genuine people. And, you know, the music scene needs more of those people. And I've come across a lot of those people because of you guys. When, when we've been out on the road and I've come out to record you guys, the bands you tour with, they're all like that too. I notice you surround yourself with people like that. Try to. And, and that's something I think that keeps you guys sane on the, out on the road, you know, like, and, and if you want Rashid talk, talk about how that is like, you know, how is it with interacting with all these different people? Cause it's no longer just the Chicago scene where everybody knows who you are. Now you're this guy that's in a band. Now you've been in for nine years, which is almost as long as, you know, you haven't been in the band kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. if you look at the age of non, of non-point, um, you're getting to the point where it'll, you know, pass that where you'll be in the band longer than the band hadn't had you in it. Um, what is it like when you meet these people and how do they accept you? Um, yeah, you know, it is kind of weird sometimes because some people are thrown back about how open and like, just like nice I can just be. And like, I'm just, I'm cool with everybody, you know? And even fans are like, man, why would you just come over here and do this with me? You know, like, cause I'm just like you, man. I'm no different. I just, you just look at me on stage and I'm playing my guitar and you dig it. And like. I'm no different than you, man. So that's kind of how I feel like with everybody else. But meeting people on tour, uh, it's a lot of different personalities. There's a lot of personalities out there. There's a lot of cool people, a lot of cool people, a lot of awesome people. And there's a lot of people that can be dicks too, you know? And depending on how a person's day is going and what's going on in that day could, you know, dictate how they're acting, you know? Dick, dick. Take how they're acting that day, <laughs> and so you you meet the uh, you meet a lot of people, and you meet the super rock stars. And I met some super duper rock stars, and I'm just like, they are just down to earth, and they could they could be a dick to me if they wanted to. They don't know me. This person sure. is just cool, and you know, just meet people that are really nice. You know, like when we were in Australia, you introduced me to uh, Corey from Slipknot. Yeah, God, nice guy. Oh yeah, nice super guy. cool and like funny. Like very, very just like, uh, you know, welcoming, you know, when I met, hey, these are my new guys because, you know, he knew mm -hmm. us from the original lineup. And it's just, yeah, I've met, I mean, I've met a lot of yeah, you know, amazing oh people. I mean, I've met so many people. I've met the dicks too. Yeah. You know, I won't say any names, you know, there's no reason to say that because, I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the way they are. It never affected my life. I'd never, I've never had a rivalry with anybody or anything like that. You know, it's never been like that with me and that, and, I know my place when that situation comes around. I know what to do accordingly. You know, mm -hmm. ignore it. I think it's best just to ignore it. You're out there living on the road with these people, you know, and you want to, I want to have the best tour possible. I want to have fun. I want to be able to go like walk in the dressing room. Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah, you know, like be stuff cool like with that. Everybody, stuff like know? that was like that. We have, we, I mean, 
we've had a lot of that. Like, you know, the one like seven of us was very welcoming. Um, Hell yeah was very welcoming. Mm -hmm. Love all these guys. Disturbed. Like the, you know, these guys, the huge, huge huge band are doing arena shows and they still treat me. Some of the nicest people. I mean, they still treat me as an equal. Well, and then they get some situations like I've seen a, a, ton of photos of people posting Mark Tremonti wearing a non-point all-star shirt yes. all the time. Super nice. Guy. And and I remember when you guys were out with Alter Bridge and, you know, I, I was out there with you guys recording a couple of the shows and same thing, like Miles Kennedy, awesome, nice guy. Mm-hmm. Mark Tremonti, awesome, nice guy. They could be opposite of that, but they're not. Yeah. You know, yeah. like and it's, another- it's amazing how humble these guys are yeah. for how big they are in in the eyes of even their peers. I mean, dude, yeah. my, dude, Mark Tremonti was in a band that sold Diamond twice. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't like shocked or surprised, but it was a very nice it's thing amazing. to be like that. And the thing is with me and Mark, when the first time we ever met, we started talking about metal mm-hmm. and about Merciful Fate and all these old thrash bands. I'm like, oh my God. Like I totally bonded just because of the love of, of, you know, he knows a lot of bands that I would not expect him to know. But once we, it's like the same conversation I had with Sean yesterday. I didn't know you liked all these bands. And now mm-hmm. we formed, like me and Sean, you know, we formed a, a really killer bond just talking about music alone. Mm-hmm. And with Mark, when he was telling me he, he had a merciful face shirt on. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what is that? I was like, oh my God, you like Merciful Fate? And he started talking about it. I was like, oh my God. And he used to tell me about Celtic Frost and all these old bands. Well, and that's how you know it's genuine is he's not just wearing a non-point shirt because you gave him a non-point shirt. He wears it because he believes and he likes it, you know, like, and he, and he, and he's, you know, friends with you guys and he, and he wants to support the band and he is probably a fan of some music, you know, like, like Rashid growing up in this music scene and, you know, like now, you know, looking at you guys would go see those bands that you're now playing with, Mm -hmm. you know, and like with from zero being where we were and getting a record deal and being on tour with some of those bands that you guys are now touring with like POD, which was on festivals when we were up and coming when, when we were up and coming and now are still, you know, 20 X years later, you know, you're, 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 you guys are on tour with them again, you know, coming up with another tour with them after being on tour with them last year. It's like awesome to see the, the fact they call it the full circle tour is totally appropriate (laughs) because it's more full circle than anyone could even realize, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like how strange it is that, you know, all these things come back around. Like Rashid is in all these different bands in Chicago, Rob, not from Chicago, nowhere near Chicago, you know, yeah. being from Puerto Rico, moving with now Florida. I live in Chicago. Now you live in Chicago and, and we're all sitting in a room together making a podcast. <laughs> all the dots connect, you know, somehow, you know, and it's just been really cool to have Rashid and Adam in the band. I mean, yeah. they brought up just a positivity. Oh, yeah. That, you know, I mean, me, I, I read me, it all me the and time. Elias being in for so long, you know, we've got all the stuff that we've gone through. You tend to think sometimes a little negatively, you know, and it's just because you're kind of like just tired of it, yeah. you know, you're just well, so that's tired why, of it. That's why when I see you, man, I'm always like smiling. You yeah, always yeah. ask me like, why are you always so like, up and, like why are you so always happy, happy, man? He's always looking at me like, you just come through and you just like bright and smiling and shit. Like, like, in the morning, like, you know, like BC's got to have his coffee. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm not going to throw you on the bus, his... but he's got to have his coffee before I start talking <laughs> to anybody. You know, he, like he comes out, I, I do the routine. He throws his shoes on the floor and then, hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little shrug, you know. The pineapple's going. <laughs> oh, I've, I've witnessed it. But me and Elias, we're not, we're not like that. You know, like, we're not like, we're like, you know what I mean? Just wake up a little bit more. But see, I, I'm more of a morning guy, so I'm like, I'm always ready to talk. 
you're like your special time in the morning. That's why you wake up at like the butt crack and no one else on the bus is mm-hmm. up. That and you go in that front lounge time. and you yeah. turn like the TV on. No, I mean, I'm, I mean, he's in the back lounge, you know, look, sitting on there looking out the window. I'm in the front watching those you know, sports highlights. It's I have time. four to five hours to myself yeah. in the morning. You know, like Adam probably is the first one that wakes up and comes out. Mm-hmm, to the or, front or, lounge. Yeah, to the front lounge. But, you know, it, it's I've always... Everybody's always had these opposite sleeping schedules. And I also wake up early to FaceTime my kids, hopefully try to face them before they go to school. Yeah. Too, but throughout my whole career, I've always been that. I mean, I had the TV to myself. I had ESPN and MLB Network all morning. Mm-hmm. And I knew everything that happened the night before. By the time everybody up, I knew everything. So I didn't need to be on it anymore till the next morning. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it's been cool, man. It's, it's like the, the the old man reading his newspaper and out on the porch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said Rashid had brought, and Adam brought like such a positive vibe to the band that we know. And like, you know what, we really... I mean, we have disagreements. I mean, our past was a little bit more harsher and a little bit more extreme with the disagreements and stuff. But but these guys are just not. They don't bring that vibe. They don't. They no. don't bring that out in me at least to get as upset. You know, like we all talk about things. We are always are in a group text, and we never had that before. We you know we have a text. I still have it in my non-point band only group text. So we talk and ask, hey, what do you think of this? You know, just to get everybody's opinion. All my previous members have been amazing yeah. in our band. Great Andy, Andy and Ken have been amazing. Zach was great. Dave was great. You know, so I, I'm not, I'm, you know, thankful that I've been able to have so many. I mean, we've, we've been this lineup now, I think, five years, right? I think five, yeah, BC yeah with BC. Five years. And if Andy was in the band 10 years, pretty soon you're going to probably surpass that. He oh, won't wow. be the new yeah. guy so, anymore. So he'll be the, him and Adam will be the second long, well, no, Adam's got more because Ken was in the band 13 years. Yeah. So he'll be the second longest tenured member. Mm. in the band like once that comes up and I realized oh my god dude we're coming up to that's like, coming up I, I didn't realize he was close to 10 years you know mm-hmm. already and we're go- he's gonna be close to 9 gonna yeah. get a, have to get him a watch yeah have to get him a watch <laughs> it'd be like 10 year anniversary watch a little Casio a little yeah, Casio yeah, yeah. watch that one that, that Elias used to wear before he got his yeah. new bling watch that yeah. he wears now he used to have that Timex <laughs> yeah. get him the Timex yeah, 10 year it was watch. fun seeing him with that watch he was keeping it all 80s oh my god yeah, yeah. yeah. it was dope you get that 10-year watch, Rashid. You're like, thanks, Rashid, guys. Rashid's into watches. Yeah. yeah he man. likes that big one. You got well, one wrong no, one no, right no. now? Actually, no, no. He's got changed, that big red man. one. Got that big red one there. I, I like wearing a watch on stage. It's more like a bracelet at this point. You know, it's just to match the shoes, usually. Cool thing about Rashid is he is an owner of some very cool kicks as well. Oh, yeah. He's, he's cool always man. had good style. You, you, you always got good oh, style good, with your oh, kicks. Yeah, like, yeah, he's man. got a, you got a good kick. You and Elias have a both good kick yeah, style. Me, I buy this is Payless. Fourteen ninety nine. I'm good with it. You know, so yeah, I stay, I stay uh, geared up on the shoes. You know, it's like my only bling on stage. I don't yeah. wear chains. I don't wear like, like yeah. the big. Like, yeah, you, you guys Zach have wild some... chains. I don't wear that. I don't wear gold and platinum and none of that. It's not. I don't have any bling. It's like in our in our genre. It's like you gotta wear black most of the time. Yeah. You know, and like it's like I'm actually kind of tired of wearing black on stage. Yeah, and that's why I've been trying to. Get a little brighter with the shoes. You've, you've gotten some some good styles some, going. Some, some reds and blacks and some. You know, I've been sticking with the red and black thing for a while. But you know, I, and you know, I do the socks too. I got yeah. a lot of people who like the the argyle socks. I don't yeah. know why I started doing that. It was really they look dope though. 
Yeah, yeah and, really I, cool and I socks. still wear them. I still got those socks. I miss the socks. I miss when we were all doing the socks. Mm-hmm. That always looked cool. Elias, yeah, had, Elias has some cool ass socks too. Elias got all the socks. He's got all the designs. He got socks. He got Superman socks with capes on them. He got he got the bootleg socks. He got all the socks. The year two thousand. The year three thousand socks. <laughs> no, he's got man. That was one thing you guys like style it up and and Rashid possibly has the best dance moves ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he, he does I've that. I've caught quite a few. You on, see him on play like bullet. Yeah, like Rob, I've been watching my dance for yeah, years. I look back and I'm like, there he goes, throwing it down, Matty style. He's got he's got the hurricane or you know the, the tornado. Yeah, he goes oh, yeah. around in a circle. Yeah, yeah. Then and you got to go used, around the other way to well, correct that's, it. That's what I used to do with a cable. Remember, I used to yeah. when I had a cable. I would go one way and unwind then I'd be the tied cable, up, and then I. Spin the other way, and then I'd be out of there. And then he also, when we play Diablo, he play he does like the, this robot thing with the guitar. He does like this little I don't know what it is. It's like I call it the robot. Yeah, yeah kind of throw a little bit of that in there. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. got you got so definitely. That Rashida's all, got the moves. That all derived from my parents showing me Prince back in the day, watching Purple Rain and seeing how he moved on stage with his guys and his band. It that's like I felt like that's what I had to do. And oh, like, that's kind of what I do now. And I just, and also when I was younger, you know, in my teenage days, I used to dance a lot. I used to be in like dance cru- crews with my homies and stuff. And like, we come up with little, like, you know, dances, routines. routines. Oh man, oh, yeah. have video of that? No, I didn't know video oh, of that. Man. And it might be. It might be. I have to see that. You know what? There was a wedding. Because- my, there was a wedding, my buddy Pete's wedding, yeah. where we did the whole like uh, bridesmaids and the groomsmen dance type thing. Yeah. That's on video You're doing somewhere. like some step it up kind of thing. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that. it's pretty That'd crazy. I have to find that video. Rashi dances <laughs> it up, man. Yeah. Rashi been yeah. busy. Yeah, I've always, busy. always oh, been busy. Oh, we didn't talk about... Hmm. He used to work for Pro Tools and Line oh, yes, 6. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He did. Right yeah. before. We, we need to go into little tech stuff yeah. here. Yeah, that's So, what you know, done. Rashid's. Because uh, that's what you were working for Line 6 when you joined Nonpoint. Yeah, and he so was actually, before that. I actually quit Line 6. Yeah, he quit Line 6 for Nonpoint. And then he was working for Avid before that, right? Yes, I was working for Avid. And when I started with Avid, I was basically the Chicagoland like, Pro Tools rep. For like the LE software and hardware sold in the stores, which is like the um, the like the can like the was it the prosumer, prosumer market, you know, for basically inboxes and like little yeah. interfaces that you buy. Kind of like for what, your home what you studio. use at home, Rob. Like like 003, yeah. the 003, yeah. 003. I worked there during the 003 time. Okay, setting those things up in in retail, right? Like yes. setting them up in setting up the demo stations, yeah. merchandising. So yeah, when I worked for Avid, I was literally I was hired by DigiDesign. First, so I had my first card say DigiDesign mm-hmm. on it, That's so awesome. and then um, <laughs> I still have a bunch of them. And uh, but you were st- always still under the Avid umbrella, even back in the day. But Avid had a lot of people under their belt, you know. Uh, so working for Avid, I'm working for DigiDesign, which makes Pro Tools. Then M Audio. At one point, Isotope was part of Avid. Sibelius. Uh, G Force, Sibelius, uh, uh, Media and, Composer. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had to be a rep for all these things. <laughs> that some of some of the things I didn't know as well, so they had to bring us out and do training and stuff. So you went out what to guitar centers? Is that what where you went to? Basically, to I training? went to, to uh, no. To, we mean training. Like to train for Pro Tools? Did you go to guitar centers, or that was just line? No, six? no, no. I had to go out to like Daly City in San Francisco and train with them out at the oh. headquarters. But uh, yeah, I would go out there and train. It was awesome because they treated us really well and. 
And like every time we went out there to work, you know, to do like a training session, they would take us somewhat cool. You know, mm -hmm. one time they took us to the first time we all met the whole team because our team is a, a person like me in every major city around the country, mm -hmm. basically to hit all the stores to make sure that you're, you know, the products are being, you know, well received and see and, you know, make sure they're being promoted correctly. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, um, yeah, they would take us to cool places all the time. You know, like one time we did a training, the second training, they took us to uh, Skywalker Sound. They took the whole team to Skywalker. And not many people can get into Skywalker because it's not a place you get free tours. Yeah. It's a, it's basically since Avid is a partner with Lucas, you yeah. know, yes. Lucas Film or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They were like, yeah, bring your people. And I got to go see Skywalker. Well, it was cool, man, because we got to actually sit in the theater that they watch and reference all their movies in, too. So mm. they actually sat us down and showed us never-before-seen scenes from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, that's awesome. Like, I got to see Stuff scenes that's not that never movie. made it to the movie yeah. that only we could have saw or anyone who's been there would have saw, would have seen. So that was really cool. So working for those companies were, you know, really cool. Working for Avid was awesome. I, I, I loved it. And uh, eventually I left that company to go work for Line 6. And I did that. For, and they were based out of Chicago too? Or? No, no. They're mm -hmm. out of Calabasas, California. These are oh, all okay. California companies. Yeah, we, okay. I just worked remotely basically from my house. Yeah. And I traveled basically. Oh, okay. And then when I worked for Line 6, I was the Midwest product specialist for them. So I took... You know, took care of all the Sam Ashes and Guitar Center stores and kind of trained the employees on the products. Same with Avid, same thing, but I just did it for Chicagoland with Avid. But uh, I basically did clinics, you know. I, you know, did demos of, like, the James Tyler Variax guitar, DT50, Pod HD500s, and, uh, you, you still know. got that Variax? Yeah. Yeah? I do. That's a very impressive He's a guitar. gear hoarder. I love it. That's you know, a, you know, it's well, funny. That, that was a dumb question. I yeah. Do you I, still have the, uh-huh? Yeah, you know what? I actually told um, your, our buddy uh, Rob Scallon that I actually asked him if he wanted to use it and do a video or something. Oh, he, he said he'd be into yeah. it. I'd come and show it to him. So, Besides music and uh, studio work and yep. working for different uh, <clears throat> pro audio companies, what else do you like to do? You know, oddly enough, I am actually into gardening. It's actually, I know, I know it sounds a little weird, sounds a little weird, you know, I, but, you know, within the last year or two, I've gotten really into gardening and I don't know, man, it is kind of like a, a tranquil thing, you know, being out in nature, you know, I don't, I don't know, man, but just like I've, I've gotten into eating more vegetables, eating healthier. So that entail yeah, that helps, when helps, helps stuff, me yeah. be more into that being wanting to eat healthier and uh, grow my own food. Because not everything in the grocery store is good for you. The stuff that you think it is, it's not. And if you grow your own food, then you control what goes in your body. So I'm in the gardening. That's awesome. So what kind of stuff do you grow? Oh, what do I grow? <laughs> I grow cucumbers. I grow tomatoes. I grow uh, growing snap peas, yes. um, sugar snap peas, uh, regular peas, Green beans, uh, cilantro, or, you know, yeah, like cilantro. cilantro. Yeah, we, we grow a lot of cilantro. Like cilantro. A lot of cilantro. Uh, uh, what else? What else? What else? I do, um, uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, a lot of herbs, you know, because, man, 
adding fresh herbs to your meals, man, it is just crazy. It's crazy. Stuff you get in the store does not taste like what you grow out of your own ground. I encourage anyone to grow something. Grow something in your house, outside your house. So if you ain't got the place outside, grow it in. But if you grow your own herbs, when you put the herbs on the stuff that you cook, you will not believe how good it tastes. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I might sound crazy to you, but uh, it's awesome. It doesn't sound crazy to me at all. I mean, I grew up on that. My yeah, dad so, yeah. had a garden in the Having backyard. People that, you know, people cucumber your- salads, when I grew up, tasted nothing like a cucumber from a salad bar at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. There was no waxy cover on it. There was mm-hmm. no pesticide flavor. And I didn't notice. I didn't. You don't know until you actually no, until you grow have a real tomato yourself. or a real yeah. And when you taste it, you go, "Huh? This is not what I know." What? Yeah, no. Growing up Italian, you have no choice but to eat yeah, fresh see, grown man, vegetables and, and tomato sauce made from tomatoes that you grew in your backyard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it makes tasted a, like makes a big difference. Yeah. So it encourages me to get more out in the garden and get out in the ground. And it just, when I'm there, I'm just, it's just really like therapeutic, I guess. I don't know. They, people always say that when they get older, they start gardening and stuff. I guess I'm, I'm getting there. I'm there. <laughs> I'm at that point. I'm an old ass ball. No, you ain't there yet. Gardener. You're just, you're gardener? just, you're just old health conscious, gardener. which is, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to be health conscious. Yeah. It's a, a topic that we're going to have eventually on this podcast yeah, is talking health- about being healthy out of there on the road. Too. Yeah. On the road. It's hard. It's hard to be healthy. When you're home, you can do a little bit of a better job, like what you're doing. That's why I try to double down at home and eat as well as I can, because once I hit the road, you know, some nights. Choices are limited. Yeah, choices are very limited. All right. Well, I appreciate your uh, your your candor there on on, (laughs) on what you do when you're not on tour and not playing music. She has been awesome talking to you, dude. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We want to thank all of you for listening to the Robcast podcast. Be sure and subscribe to get notified on all future episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Robcast Podcast. And feel free to send us any comments, suggestions, guest ideas, topics, whatever at robcastpodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy your day.